The epistle for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost is taken from St. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 1. Brethren, I give thanks to my God always for you, for the grace of God that is given you in Christ Jesus, that in all things you are made rich in him, in all utterance and in all knowledge. As the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that nothing is wanting to you in any grace, waiting for the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who also will confirm you unto the end without crime in the day of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 9. At that time, Jesus, entering into a boat, passed over the water and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him one sick of the palsy, lying in a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the man, sick of the palsy, Be of good heart, son, thy sins are forgiven thee. And behold, some of the scribes said within themselves, He blasphemeth. And Jesus, seeing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? Which then is easier to say, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then said he to the man sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. And he arose and went into his house. And the multitude, seeing it, feared and glorified God, who had given such power to men. Thus far the words of today's Holy Gospel. Why do you think evil thoughts in your hearts? And these words are taken from the gospel of today's Mass in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My dear faithful, a certain author wrote that one of the most profound and comprehensive intellects of the last 1,500 years was that of St. Augustine. And even during his life, St. Augustine was greatly esteemed, and he is, was considered to be one of the most influential writers of the Western world. And today, he is even recognized as one of the greatest philosophers ever to have lived. He is ranked with the great thinkers of the ages, such as Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. But my dear faithful, though St. Augustine's learning was very extensive, and he was such a profound scholar, St. Augustine was practical, too. He was so influential, and he was able to touch the hearts of men because he truly understood man. He knew what man was capable of. St. Augustine, having once been a great sinner himself, he knew that man was capable of great, horrible, terrible sins. But he also understood that man could reach heights, that he could, the heights that man could be raised to, the virtues and merits that he can attain by the grace of God. 
And he saw clearly how men could easily be moved by their passions and by the words of others. It's interesting, there is one thing that St. Augustine writes about that he had a special horror for. And he had a special horror for unkind or uncharitable conversation because he saw how damaging uncharitable conversation could be. In fact, when he was a bishop, to guard himself from uncharitable speech and to guard his guests from partaking in it as well, St. Augustine had a large sign made that hung in the room where he usually entertained guests. Painted in large letters were these words, Slanderer, beware. This is no place for thee. Here nothing shall reign but truth and charity. Well, one day, my dear faithful, one, some of his guests, forgetful of these warning words, began to speak about the faults of one of their associates who wasn't there. And at once, St. Augustine stopped the conversation and very kindly but gravely reproved his friends. My friends, he declared, you must either cease to speak on such a subject or it will be necessary for me to have those verses upon the wall taken down. And the guests who admired St. Augustine so much were moved by this man's uh, great charity and immediately, immediately changed their conversation and apologized for their uncharitable gossiping. You see, my dear faithful, even though St. Augustine was a great philosopher, a great theologian, and he studied deep moral cases and articles of the faith, still he was not unaware of the significance, the effect that sins of the tongue that often seem like small sins to us, the effect that the sins of the tongue have on a soul. How destructive uncharitable speech could be on the souls who hear such conversation. And St. Augustine further understood how such conversation really reveals the evil thoughts that one harbors in their hearts. Would, my dear faithful, that the sign that St. Augustine had hanging upon his wall, the warning against uncharitable conversation, would that that sign hung on the wall of every building and office, business and school, on the wall of every home. The words, slanderer, beware, this is no place for thee. Nothing shall reign but truth and charity. Would that those words, my dear faithful, as one author says, commenting, commenting on this, would that those words were carved into the walls of every human heart. Uncharitable conversation falls under the eighth commandment. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And this commandment, the Eighth Commandment, demands that we not only speak the truth, 
but that we also honor and respect the reputation or the good name of our neighbor, just as we would want him, our neighbor, to respect our good name. That is, by showing a genuine charity for our neighbor, especially in conversation with others. We have to remember, my dear faithful, that one's good name, their reputation, is one of the most precious possessions a person has. St. Thomas Aquinas even says that it is a serious matter to take away the good esteem of another. Because amongst man's earthly possessions, nothing is more precious, St. Thomas says, than his good reputation. Good reputation, it is a good thing. One should strive to have a good reputation. Sacred Scripture even says, take care of your good name. For this will be a more lasting possession of yours than a thousand valuable and precious treasures. In the book, My Catholic Faith explains how a good reputation is necessary because the esteem of others is essential to real happiness. Insofar as we build a good reputation by our honest and good works, striving to do everything for the honor of God. And by having a good reputation, we are able to do more for the honor of God and for the good of souls. For example, a father of a family who has a reputation for working hard, he will be able to get a good job so that he could better support his family financially and even spiritually. Whereas if he had a a bad reputation, a reputation of being a liar or one who puts off his duty, whether this reputation was true or not, this would be very harmful to him and his family. The My Catholic Faith also goes on to say that those who know that they are despised by their fellow men are not likely to be happy in this life. It may be surprising, but my dear faithful, that is why it is often true that a man is more willing to lose health, wealth, to lose everything, rather than to lose his good reputation, his good name. And thus, one who ruins the reputation of another by uncharitable conversation is considered a thief because he is stealing another's good name and defaming his character. If one's reputation is so valuable, my dear faithful, who are we to ruin it by our critical comments to others, by our gossiping? Shakespeare puts it like this. Shakespeare says, Good name in man or woman is the immediate jewel of their souls. He says, who steals my purse steals but trash. But he that steals from me my good name makes me poor indeed. 
how terribly true that you could replace almost anything else in this life, but you cannot replace a reputation. And how often we see in the media, in politics, in social media, the destruction, gossip, and rumors does to souls and the reputation of individuals. How politicians and the media use defamation as a tool to get what they want. And my dear faithful, this is also what the Pharisees did throughout the gospel as well. Using uncharitable conversation, striving to ruin the reputation of Christ. We see it even in the gospel of today's Mass, when they labeled Christ as a blasphemer for his good deeds. And our divine Savior, knowing their evil intentions, asked them, why do you harbor evil thoughts in your hearts? You see, in their jealousy, the Pharisees criticized every action and good deed of our Lord. They falsely accused him, and in their gossip and murmurings, they enkindled in each other a deep-seated hatred for the Son of God. To the point where the most compassionate and loving acts of the Son of God disgusted them. To the point where they were able to move a mob to cry out for his crucifixion. That's how powerful and destructive the tongue can be. And my dear faithful, are we not often the same? Do we have the same motive as the Pharisees had in our own conversation? That is, the motive to lower the esteem others have for an individual by revealing their bad faults, whether through jealousy, vanity, if it's hatred or anger. Whether we speak about our work associates, other chapel members, those we live with, even our loved ones, our family members. And so, my dear faithful, let us rather imitate St. Augustine to strive to have that same Christ-like charity that he possessed. And we could do this by following what St. Alphonsus instructs us to do. St. Alphonsus says, Let it be your care always to speak well of all. And with regard to those who are absent, observe the excellent rule, never to utter in their absence what you would not say in their presence. And so, my dear faithful, guided by Christ-like charity, let us be resolved to think kind thoughts about others, especially when we are tempted to critical thoughts or when critical thoughts come to our mind to go out of our way to say positive things to others about others, even those whom we naturally do not like. St. Augustine, the great doctor of the church, insisted that no unkindness in speech be heard in his home. And so too should we insist that uncharitable conversation does not enter our presence. 
Our divine Savior knows the hearts of all men, every secret thought, word, deed, and omission. And on the day of judgment, our divine Savior will ask us, Did you harbor evil thoughts in your heart? Did you criticize others and ruin the reputation of another? Was your motive in conversation and critical comments to bring the esteem of others down? And so let us then show the charitable sentiments of our hearts as our divine master did in our speech and in our actions. And we, may we, my dear faithful, have carved in the walls of our hearts those words of St. Augustine, Slanderer, beware, this is no place for thee. Here nothing shall reign but truth and charity. May God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.